Psalm 91 verses 1 through 3 says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for it is he who delivered you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. God moment number two, rescued from peril. This is Sean and the Word. Praise God, man. We are so thankful to be with you again on Sean and the Word. This is God moment number two, rescued from parable. And when I talk about uh, God moments, I'm really talking about times within my life that the Lord has showed up in a mighty way. And not every one of these moments are at the best times of my life. I'm just being honest with you. Some of these moments were real struggles, real hardships in my life, real, really difficult times, embarrassing moments. Moments where the Lord truly stepped in and made a difference to help and keep me. The psalmist speaks about a real protection from God, not just from the seen enemy, but from the unseen enemy. You see, we battle. That's, that's no lie. Everybody knows that we are in a struggle. We're in a battle. But that battle is not only a seen battle. We're not fighting against an enemy that we can see and we could touch alone. But really, the largest battles are the unseen enemies of this world. The key to walking in a way that enables victory is described by the psalmist as being with and in the Lord. I would say this speaks more than a moment of prayer, but as an utter dependence upon God. A life dependent upon the Lord is a life that understands the frailty of this body. A lot of times we look at other believers and we see their mistakes or their missteps and we say to ourselves, we would never be like that. We could never do that. How in the world could they act like that? How can they say that? And we put on the, that, 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 that robe of judge and we count ourselves as more righteous than them or more holy than them or stronger than them. And we really put ourselves in a deadly place. I know I have judged so many ministers who have made horrible mistakes. I'm not, I'm not agreeing with their mistakes. I'm not letting their mistakes off the hook. I'm not saying these mistakes, you know, are, are acceptable. I'm saying I have put myself as the judge of other believers, especially ministers that have made horrible mistakes. And I've said, how can they do that? How can they bring themselves to that position? How can they sin like that? How can they uh, live a lifestyle like that and shame the Lord? You know, the Lord gives us an example of such spiritual pride in Luke. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Jesus tells this parable, and it's so powerful. Listen to it. And, he, and Jesus also told the parable, Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. And he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Trusted in themselves, key word there. And viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, Jesus says. And one was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself, not even to God, to himself. God, I thank you. That I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a day. I pay tithes of all that I have. And then Jesus tells the other part. But the tax collector, 
standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast saying, God, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus said that this parable was for those who were trusting in themselves for righteousness. The phrase that is used means to be a strict follower of the law of God. Listen to this. The Pharisees always get a bad rap, man. I I don't like how people always talk bad about the Pharisees. You know, and I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they were religious elite. And I mean, but I just don't like how they get talked bad about it most of the time or paint an ugly picture. I mean, honestly, they had a zeal for the things of God. They had a excitement and a zealous desire to follow the law of God. They had such a zeal for God's law that it became their identity. And in becoming their identity... It turned into spiritual pride. See, they they relied on themselves to fulfill the law of God. And what ends up happening is the law of God is no longer the standard. But they become the standard because it it turns into spiritual pride. It becomes the the standard becomes their ability to obey the law. And so that would say that, you know, I have I earned something. I'm able to do this. I'm not like them. I'm not like them. I'm not like them. And I caught myself years into this walk with the Lord, hearing my, my inner man on a regular basis. How could they do that? How could they shame the Lord? I could never act like them. I could never make a mistake like that. I could never misstep and shame God like they shamed God. And when I heard that, I began to feel the Holy Spirit teach me a lesson. I'm trusting in myself, Sean. You're trusting in your own strength. You see, this parable talks about this tax collector. And this tax collectors were known to be sinners. They were known to be far from the will of God or the righteousness of God. That's the way the society painted the picture. But in this story, this tax collector was humble. Was, was submissive, agreed what God said about him in, his, in this situation, he left justified. He was not exalting his sinfulness, but he was turning to the one he valued as a standard, God and his grace. You see, the tax collector simply said, God, God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, be merciful to me, a sinner. See, that prayer reveals a lot about a person's heart, who that person's standard is. Is it self or is it God? And as I told you, when I was in Bible college in 2007, uh, January 2007, I became the pastor of a church, Northside Baptist Church in Deland, Florida. And uh, I start driving. It was a special time in my life, to be honest with you. I was driving back and forth. I was excited about that opportunity to serve at the church that I gave my life to, and I was, to give my life to the Lord at, and was um, licensed to be ministered and baptized in. You know, I loved them. You know, and to be able to help them was an important part of my life. And it was a great season of my life. 
And that first that semester, January, the spring semester, two thousand and seven, I also had a um, pastors come. One of my classes was at was the pastors conference at First Baptist Jacksonville. In that class, we would go to this pastors conference, and we would see all these big name pastors. And I mean, these guys would come from all over the country to preach. And I mean, it's just a powerful event. It was a great, you know, at that time, it was about five days of just powerful preaching, great seminars, awesome fellowship, wonderful music. And it was just special. And uh, I mean, for a young pastor like me serving at the church that I was at and walking into this, you know, 13 square city blocks in downtown Jacksonville is what the church owned. And uh, you walk into their, their sanctuary, it's about 10 seats, about 10,000 plus people. It was huge. It was like an arena. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it just was mind boggling. It was overwhelming. I was, all I could think about was like, man, look what God could do. Look what God could do. God can do so much more than I'm, I'm in my mind I have ever seen by looking at this venue I was in. You know, but during that week and uh, that weekend, you know, being a young man, I was 27, 28 years old, and we made a lot of people. And, you know, Judd, my, he was the youth pastor at that time, and a best friend. We're sitting together in this down front, and uh, there was this beautiful lady that came and sat in front of us. Man, she was beautiful. And uh, I said, man, Judd, you see how pretty she is? And Judd's like, yeah, she's pretty. I said, Judd, I bet you I can get her number. <laughs> and, and, you know, some, somehow we struck up a conversation. She was in front of us, and uh, we started talking. She had a daughter that was uh, looking to, to get into school. She was about 31, 32. I was 27, 28. And um, she was looking, her daughter was looking, you know, she, I think she was in high school, and she was looking to, to look at colleges and she was asking us about the Baptist College of Florida you know it was a great conversation and I was just had a fun you know just funny and left it at that that was that first night that I met her and uh man I said Judd I'm telling you I could get her number so the, uh, the about two 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 days had passed in the conference and I hadn't seen her well the last night we sat in the same exact spot and guess who came and sat right behind us yeah you're right that, that that lady and I said Judd I'm gonna get her number I'm gonna get her number and I'm nervous I'm sitting there and I'm nervous and uh, afterwards you know this thing was over and I said hey and talking to her chatting and I was too nervous to ask her for a number and I said man I'm <laughs> I'm nervous because she was gorgeous she was beautiful you know well outside of my league in my mind well I went to go leave and she goes Sean Sean and I turned around as one of those moments like you see in the movie, my hair flew in the wind. And I said, yes, yes. And she goes, what's your number? I, in case we come visit the school, we, could, we can meet up. And I said, oh, okay. So I gave her my phone number, and I punched Judd in the arm. And I was like, I told you. Well, we started texting. It was a call. I think we had a text, a couple of texts, and we started calling each other and talking. We became friends, and, you know, we just, she really wanted to start seeing each other. And I'm like, I was, I mean, she's just beautiful. She's a wonderful person, special, you know. So yeah, she had an older daughter, but, you know, I mean, hey, this is an exciting time. Well, it just so happens that I was driving from uh, Baptist College of Florida in Graceville, Florida, so north, and, you know, in Deland. I could go by Jacksonville and see her. So we had a date. 
And we went on this date, and uh, we enjoyed each other. It was some coffee and great time. And then the next time we went, her kid had, like, this play at the church, First Baptist Jacksonville. Went and saw her and had a great time again. And the third time, we were supposed to um, have another date. And on Fridays, I would prepare all of my things, and I would get ready to go home. And uh, we, we were just we talked every night. It was getting, you know, we're becoming close. We're really enjoying each other. I'm praying to the Lord, asking the Lord, hey, should I date this lady, you know? And I'm just praying and asking the Lord. <clears throat> the Friday that on our third date, it was a Friday, and I was getting prepared to go. And what, I would, what my usual routine was was put all my clothes in the laundry basket to bring home for my mom to wash the clothes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Fold them. And then I would go work out, and then I'll come grab my, take a shower, grab my clothes, and then I'll drive home. Well, I went to go work out, had everything ready, went to go work out. And then all of a sudden, I felt the presence of the Lord, and I was stopped. And I just, I just knelt down right by my bed, and for about an hour, hour and a half, I just began to pray in tongues and worship the Lord. And it was so powerful. It was such a powerful moment. God just interrupted. He stopped me. And I was like, I didn't know what was going on. But my time for working out had passed, and I'm still worshiping and praying. And I said, well, I really need to get on the road if, we're gonna, if I'm going to meet up with the lady. And so I got all my stuff. Wasn't able to work out. Man, I just worshiped and praised the Lord the whole time in the car. I'm just singing and praising and exalting the Lord. And just, man, just thankful because that time, you know, you don't get a lot of times where God interrupts you like that you know as a, as a Christian as a journey with the Lord those moments are extremely special when God says hey I want you and he stops and he interrupts you and then his presence is so powerful not every prayer meeting that you have with your in, 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 in your quiet time is like that so you treasure it and I was just treasure I was just enjoying him all the way to Jacksonville singing and worshiping and it started raining and so our, our our idea for a date was to go and to have a dinner uh, i think it was at excuse me an outside restaurant or something or uh, starbucks outside or something like that but it was raining and she didn't want to go and i said that's well it's all right and uh, she says well you want to stay home and watch a movie and i said yeah that's that's fine so we stayed at her house and we're watching this movie, and you know, she she leaned over, and she started to kiss me. And I didn't, man, I didn't think nothing of it. I said, "Oh my gosh!" So I started kissing her back, and all of a sudden, it's getting a little bit heated. And as it's getting heated, and in the natural, ready just to naturally go to the next stage, I just start crying. I just start bawling, and God just stepped in. She she's like, "What in the world?" She stopped. She goes, "What in the world's wrong with you?" And I'm just crying and bawling. I said, I can't do this. I, 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 I can't. I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. God just stepped in and rescued me. If, if, if I didn't, if I would have went, if I would have ignored the Lord and went and worked out and not kneeled down and allowed him to fill my faith up to the fullest, I would have made a grave mistake in my young ministerial life that would have either A, ruined my ministry, B, stolen my anointing, or C, haunted me into the day that his return.
the Lord stepped in and rescued me from peril. Man, I got in my car and I was leaving and I'm just crying and begging and just asking the Lord to forgive me. Asking the Lord, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just forgive me, Lord, forgive me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know what he said? He said, Sean, you wanted this the whole time. That moment was deep in your heart the entire time. And I want to tell you that we are messed up. We do have a sinful nature. And when we look at other people and we judge other people and we say we're not like them, we're, we could never do what they've done, we could never act like, you have no idea how far your sinful heart, apart from the grace and power and goodness of God, could bring you. We must be humble. We must abide in the shadow of the Almighty. We must depend on Him and His grace because it is Him and His grace alone that keeps us from the trapper, from the snares of the enemy, from the wicked perils of this society in our day and age. It is Him and Him alone that can rescue us from ourselves and our sinful nature. It's nothing of our own. So if today you or like me, and I struggle with it. If you're trusting in yourself for your own righteousness, if you became the standard for your righteousness, if you've become the standard of, for holiness in your own mind and thinking, you have to repent. If a tax collector could be so humbled where he wouldn't even lift his eyes and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, it's all of you. It's your grace. It's your mercy. It's your kindness. It's your love. Lord, if it wasn't for you, Lord, I would, God, I would ruin and shame you every day of my life. It's you, Lord, that saves me from the fowler. It's you, Lord, that saves me from pestilence. It's you, Lord, that keeps me from the peril of the enemy. Truly, in my weakness, God exalted me. And in my dependence upon him, he saved me from the trap of the enemy. He rescued me from peril. Father, we love you. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we, we trust in you. We depend on you. Lord, this journey is from you, for you. And God, it's... It's not of our own strength, lest anyone would boast. Lord, it's all of you. And Lord, as your children, as sons and daughters of you, Lord, help us, save us from peril, O oh God. Interrupt, Lord, interrupt, interrupt, God. Keep us holy. Hide us under the shadow of your wings, almighty God. Use our life as a testimony to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you real good. This has been Sean and the Word, and we'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.